objective and authentic coverage of Michigan athletics. If you want open dialogue, honest opinions, and in-depth coverage of the maize and blue, this is the podcast for you. And now, here's your host, Brandon Brown, joined as always by Chris Breiler. I was going to start by saying go blue. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody on a Wednesday. Brandon, it's five o'clock somewhere, Brown, in the house. Yeah, so I was my cousin Dakota is in the house. Uh, it's Wednesday is his day off. He did not have his kid. He, he didn't have any obligations for his kids today, so he decided to come down last night. Actually, and we've been getting after it a little bit today. It's it's like just a couple of guys with no obligations. No yeah, big deal. You know, 46, 48 degrees out, nice and sunny. You know, and it was nice out today. It was. I Chris, I was talking to my dad about this. I was talking to my dad about this on the phone. I'm like, you know how it is. I mean, like, you know, springtime, which, you know, spring, the official first day of spring is in like six days. But springtime in Michigan, you know, early March, mid-March, late March, it hits like 48 degrees. People are in like tank tops and shit, dude. Like, it's, dude, I was out. I was out in a t-shirt today. I had some yeah. pants on, but just t-shirt and it went on a long walk with my wife around the subdivision. It was like, dude, I was... I was ready to start opening the pool. I mean, I'm ready, yeah. dude. I'm ready to go get the chemicals. I'm ready to start being outside. I have been waiting for this weather to come. Uh, I know it's going to get a little colder here in the next couple of days, but then it's back up into the, like the mid to high 40s. And uh, I feel like, you know, I feel like the uh, the cold, dark, depressing days of a Michigan winter are behind us. And I'm excited behind, for that. Behind us to a degree. I think you're right, Chris. I mean, we're two weeks away from April. We're two weeks away from Michigan's spring game. On April. Are. Um, I'm glad you had pants on. I'm glad you clarified that for us. But yeah, today was like, it, it was nice out. I mean, it was a little breezy, but like sunny and, you know, in the sunshine, probably got up into the 50 degree area. It just felt good, man. We sat a couple chairs out on the front porch and just, you know, a couple of brewskins and just had a good time, man. I felt good about where things were earlier today and yeah, I will do a podcast and we'll see, we'll see if it dude. Yeah. I mean, it's become like a stupid ass joke at this point, but every time we're like, yeah, we'll just do a short one tonight, 20, 30 minutes. And then, you know, an hour and 15 minutes later, there we are sitting talking about whatever. So as uh, usual, nothing wrong yeah. with that. So we just did a show on Monday. We talked about the NIT Michigan basketball played advanced beat a good. I mean, like as we yeah, talked about, good Toledo team you could tell you could see it uh but we're gonna get into some of that but Michigan did advance they play on Saturday now at Vanderbilt uh in Nashville Tennessee so we'll talk about that a little bit but yeah good to be back on a Wednesday our normal scheduled day but uh I think it was worthwhile talking on Monday ahead of the game worthwhile getting on tonight to talk about the game itself and then always a, a sprinkling of Michigan football, at least. And, that's, and if I could just, just yeah. a quick shout out, uh, Brady, CJ, Sean, Cole, Tony, oh, homies. you know, like the, the guys that are just here regularly, Joey, you know, we appreciate you guys. You show up, uh, every single time and it, you know, it makes, it makes what Brandon and I do, uh, worthwhile so that we're not just a couple of dinks here talking to ourselves. So we appreciate well, it. There's no Brandon doubt. Petrosky in the house. There's no doubt. Listen, when we when we go live on a football Saturday and we've got you know 300 plus people in here watching us, like that's incredible. Like I yeah. mean, I think about a room filled with 300 people plus watching us talk, and I'm like, that's crazy, dude. <laughs> There's 50 plus in here right now. We're not packing a stadium, but we do appreciate <laughs> the folks who decide to tune in and, and listen to us talk. So yeah, absolutely, really, really appreciate you guys who show up on a, on a random Monday earlier this week or a Wednesday night uh, when yeah. there's not a whole lot going on. And but. you know what we've got, and we'll talk about it later in the show, but we have a little, a little treat for some of the local folks here surrounding the spring game. Not we'll, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit later, but uh, I think the people that, that, that follow and, and enjoy what we do are going to be happy with the announcement. I gotta, I gotta try to tip, <laughs> massage the teat a little bit. A little bit. A little. Massage the teeth. <laughs> Get it. So, 
Uh, we'll talk about that here shortly. We, we, we've hinted at it a little bit already, and I think it might have even been suggested by a fan or a follower. It was. I think that was where uh, that was where it was suggested. It had been bouncing yeah. around in my head a little bit, and today we took some uh, took yeah. some pretty big steps towards making that uh, making it happen. So I'm excited. So there you go. All right, so we'll get into that in a little bit. But Chris, uh, first things first, man. Michigan basketball did advance. We talked about the NIT quite a bit on Monday, and whether or not it was like, <sighs> all right, like what are the what can this really be? And had they lost until, and I, I got to be honest, dude, like the first six minutes, I'm like, well, here it is. Yep. Here it freaking is. Toledo looks good. They look ready. They're, they want to win this game. And then, you know, props to Michigan for hanging in there and, and beating a team that scores a lot of points. I mean, like that, that Toledo team shoots the three well, scores more than 85 points a game, and Michigan hung in there and did win, did so without Jet Howard. Like Hunter Dickinson, you know, didn't blow up for like 35 or anything. But, like, it, it, was, a, it was a good win. They looked like they cared enough. I guess. Yeah. And uh and so now they they've advanced. They've advanced to the next round. They will take on Vanderbilt in Nashville, Tennessee on Saturday and we'll get into that a little bit. But I guess just quick thoughts Chris before we do uh we're going to do some burning questions. We are going to crank it back a little bit to 3 a piece instead of 5 a piece since we a just three piece? on Monday. Um and uh we'll talk about that uh that game and whatever we're thinking about with it. But just I guess initial thoughts Chris Michigan did sack up, took a punch in the mouth early from Toledo and advanced to the second round of the NIT. Yeah, well, my 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 early thoughts, and I had said this on the on the Facebook page, but I was I was with the family, uh, with with my mom. I took the kids, the wife. We all went out to Olive Garden. We were having a great time, and then I was pressed for time uh, and rushed back, skipped desserts, got everything to go because I wanted to go see Michigan compete in the NIT. See how. Uh, see what they were going to look like. Basically what you said, see what they were made of, see if they were going to take it seriously. And then when I got, you know, when it got to halftime, I was like, here we go. You know, this Toledo oh. team's for real. Michigan's looking a little bit iffy, but they rallied in the second half. Um, they played well as a team. You're right. It didn't really seem like it was one guy. I mean, they came out in the second half firing. They were on fire. I think they went on like a nine Oh run, something like that. And Toledo could never recover from there. And it was good, man. It was, it was nice to see them. Um, you know, to get a win. But man, I will say, I don't know if it's like just because we know it's the NIT, but everything from the production, like just watching it on TV <laughs> was a fucking snooze. Like the announcers, <laughs> terrible. Even the crowd seemed quiet. Like everything about it just it's like when you when you buy off brand Doritos, you hope yeah. it be, you know tastes like regular Doritos, but it, it always just feels a little bit off, tastes a little off. That's what the NIT was, man. It just I wanted there to be some excitement and some feeling there, and it just like it was awful. It was I, awful. I tweeted something about that. One of the announcers was like, "Look at Michigan right here." Going, I mean, I thought they were in a zone, but they're they not. Terrible. They're they not. Terrible. And I was like. But like Michigan does the matchup zone switch to a man to man every single game. They do it every game at some point, sometimes in the first half, certainly a lot of times in the second half. I'm like, dude, the announcers didn't even prep for this shit. They don't care. They they like uh, like they don't care. So <laughs> Gary Gary says, don't knock the Aldi. You can get some Doritos. good shit from Aldi though. Aldi. Not, I, I would never knock Aldi, but Aldi Doritos, mm, I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, I mean, Doritos is a tough, tough thing to try to duplicate. It's tough. And, and so is the NCAA tournament. So is no March doubt. Madness. And the no NIT doubt. is proof of that. Half the teams, none of them are very good. I mean, it's like, what are we We're going to get to football, Brian. You just calm it down over there. We'll, we'll get there. But we have to address. We've got to at least give basketball a little bit of love because they did compete last night and they did win and they did advance. So, yeah. uh, Beat a really, really good MAC team. And that's what you want out of the Michigan Wolverines. You want to see them. Uh... Well, I look, man. I mean, it's you can make a I joke here. I give them credit. I know you're you're like you're trying hard. I see it over there. But like, no, dude. Like, it was pretty obvious that Toledo wanted to win that game really bad. Like, they came yeah. out like animals, dude. They were, you know, stealing the ball and out on fast breaks. And I think what they get up to is like eight nothing or something. I think yeah. right out of the gate, it was quick. And you could tell they wanted to win. And Ray J. Dennis, the guy we talked about before the game, the Mac player of the year, I mean, he he 
lived up to the billing and they shot Where's the three the size well 11 and, and a size 13 which is wild interesting to learn that and even a on the book like his his one leg looked different than his other leg and i was like that's weird but what all right well anyway <laughs> michigan wins by 10 i think it was what 90 to 80 so high yeah. scoring game i was off on the under i said pick the under I'm yep. like Toledo scores 86 a game, but you know, the length, the size of Michigan, they're going to slow it down a bit. Michigan doesn't score a ton under nope scored 170, but Michigan did win. They covered, they won by 10 and uh, you know, now they get to take on the fighting Jerry Stackhouses of Vanderbilt, dude. I, I I'm intrigued by this matchup. Vanderbilt's obviously the higher ranked team. Michigan will travel to Nashville to play that game and yeah. you know, we'll see what it looks like, man. I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I'm more intrigued by this game for sure than I was by the first one. I was like, look, yeah. they lose to Toledo. That's dog shit. They beat Toledo like good. Fi like, congratulations on doing what you should do. But like this Vanderbilt team is kind of a, you know, they they punched above their weight quite a few times this year. They were like a fringe bubble team. Um, they beat Kentucky twice. They played them three times. They beat them twice. They turned it around big time in the SEC this year. And, you know, Jerry Stackhouse has a little bit of cachet just from being who he yeah. is. And so, like, you know, I'm interested. I'm interested in this game on Saturday. So we'll see what that looks like. Um, like it. Other than that, dude, I don't I don't know. I didn't have a lot of, like, super strong opinions coming out of that game. Did you? I mean, so my, my first burning question is directly related to all this. So do we want to jump right into it? Well, as is mine, and I have a sneaking suspicion that we might be same we may be talking the same thing there when it you know obviously we brandon and i've talked about this before we don't share our questions before nope. ahead of time because we want it to be fresh and answer off the cuff so why don't we just jump into it we'll get into burning questions and we'll see if uh if we're on the same page in terms of what we took away from that nit win so i know you asked me chris were you having an echo issue earlier i turned off the sound I was button. having an echo issue do earlier. we want to try the music or are we are what are we thinking we got the burning questions music what are you feeling dude? let's I'll go like ahead fire it up fire All it up right. and if I start to get the feedback we'll uh we'll shut it down like john taffer see we need that drop we needed john taffer i don't know if you watch bar rescue but dude's phenomenal god i wish it worked dude. i just hot cockles burning music dude like i wish i just wish it worked all the time um do you want me to go first i know my question is directly related to what we were just talking about i don't know if yours is yet kick it off kick it all off right. and if it is we'll combine the two well i'm gonna say this jet howard not playing you in, is right, that let's just combine the two then all right so Jet Howard not playing, essentially, I mean, like, this is the first time I've seen it in basketball, but he opted out. He played, yes, he dealt with a couple ankle injuries, but he played the last five, and now he's just suddenly not playing. So, the way that I have the question worded, Chris, is, you know, we talked about the quotes that Juwan gave, Joey Baker, Hunter Dickinson, Jace Howard, older brother of Jet Howard. We want to compete. We want to win a championship. We know what these guys in the locker room are made of. Do you? Because your star freshman is not playing basically just for the hell of it. So my question is this, Chris. How the hell does Juwan talk to his team when his own son and maybe best offensive player has decided not to play in this thing? Well, here's what I'll say. Uh, playing devil's advocate just a little bit, we don't know the extent of whatever it is that he's working through. So I, I will give him some benefit of the doubt now. There were videos of him taking half-court shots pregame, and he looked like he was moving around just fine. And it kind of goes in line with my question, which was, you know, the fact that it is Juwan's son, and, you know, did his – decision to not play have i mean like if this were the first round of the ncaa tournament is jet howard still sitting out no. and, I, and i find it i find it hard to believe that that would be the case and so you know i don't know man because and you know load management is a, is a pretty common thing in the nba and that's kind of what this felt like it felt like man it's meaningless and eh, i can sit it out um and yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, that and that was one of my questions to you was, does it look worse because it is Juwan Howard's son? It is one of Michigan's best players. It is at odds with some of the rhetoric we heard heading into the game about how, you know, we're going to we're not going to cry over spilled milk. We're going to find out what we're made of. We're going to, you know, we're going to toughen up. We're doing this for our brothers. To me, from the outside looking in, it looked like a guy who just decided he didn't want to play basketball. That's what it felt like to me. If, if your question is, does it look bad? I think it looks awful. I think it looks terrible. Yeah. It's it's the head coach's son, like you said, maybe the best offensive player they had they have outside of Hunter Dickens. I mean, like, 
he does he can do more than hunter dickinson he's just not 7 260 i mean like you know what i mean he's like he's a he's a shooter he's uh, like you've said before i think he could get to the rim quite a bit more but like i think it looks terrible i think the optics yeah. of it are awful he played the last five games of the regular season if this was the ncaa tournament I don't need to hear from him. I don't need to hear from Juwan. I don't need to hear from Tom Wyrot. 1,000% Jet Howard is playing if this is the NCAA tournament. 1,000%. And so, yeah, I don't think it's the best look. I really don't. Well, let me let me ask you this because it is it is a growing um, opinion, a growing narrative that you that you're starting to see out there, and and I even buy into it to a certain extent. But I'll ask you point blank: I know he's a great player, and I know his upside is is tremendous. There's there's a lot of potential there, but is Michigan better off without Jet Howard in the lineup? I mean, I see the numbers there. They're four and zero without him. He missed four games this year. Michigan won all four. He's not great on defense, and he's kind of a black hole on offense. He, I mean, I don't know the numbers. I'd look, I could look it up pretty simply, but I don't think he gets a lot of assists. He shoots the hell out of the ball. There's no doubt. But in terms of the ball sticking and like finding him and staying with him, as opposed to him dumping it in or moving it around with the extra pass, I'm, I'm never, I'm never quick to jump to like, First of all, four games is not a huge sample size, but 4-0 is 4-0. I'd like to see who those games were against and kind of how it played out. I mean, like, you're kind of seeing something similar with, like, the Phoenix Suns right now. They've won a couple games without KD, and they're like, are they better without KD? I'm like, no, of course they're not better without KD. Yeah. I don't think Michigan's better without Jet Howard, but he's not, he's not the perfect basketball player. He's not. And I do think there's some things that they do a little bit better when he's not out there. So yeah, I mean, I will just say flat out as a team, I think I think that they are better without Jet Howard in the lineup. That's that's where I'm. He is he is, um, you know, likes to do the individual stuff, and like yeah. I said, he's talented. The the upside is there. You know, you can see what the potential is. But you know, for me, the game of basketball is a true team game. It's like poetry on the floor. And all too often, it seems like Jet just kind of does his own thing out there. And it sometimes it works. Sometimes he's dropping, you know, buckets left and right. And other times he is ice cold. Uh, and I think that, you know, what we saw against uh, Toledo in part, you know, without having Jet in the lineup, I think that that was a net positive for the team. I think that that helped them get that win, um, you know, the, the other night. And, and again, I... It, I don't want it to come off like I'm slamming Jed Howard because I think he's a terrific player, but I think he's got a lot of growing to do. And the fact that he sat out the game, you know, to me was just more indicative of, you know, there's some growth that needs to happen there with Jed Howard. And I'm not quite sure he's ready for the next level, even though a lot of people seem to think he is. Chris, do we see him at all? Michigan wins another game or two. Do we see him at all? Or is that it? Is he done as a Michigan? I think that's it, man. I think that's it. I think, yeah. I mean, if, I just why? What's the reason? I mean, if if it is truly what we all think it is, where you know there's a little bit of a nagging injury there, and why even risk it if you're planning on going to the league? I mean, I, I don't think we see him for the rest of the NIT tournament. And quite frankly, I think that helps Michigan's odds of getting as far as they possibly can in the tournament. Sucks to say that, but it is what it is. I said this to you the other night. If there was a way that you could put, you know, Jace Howard's mentality with Jet Howard's ability, I think you would have one of the top players in the country, if not the top player in the country, because Jace Howard doesn't get a lot of minutes on the floor, but when you see him on the sideline, the type of leadership he has, the way he talks to other players, that's you know, that type of mental toughness, that that maturity is something I think Jet is lacking. If there was a way you could combine those two things, you'd have a really good player. But unfortunately, you can't do that. Well, maybe, maybe you can. Modern science that's, is pretty, pretty. Uh, <laughs> that's an interesting thought, and I, I don't think you're wrong. Uh, yeah, it is, but it is. I think he's done too. I think we've seen the last of Jet Howard in the Michigan uniform at this point. And, you know, good luck to him in the NBA. But I'm with you. I, I mean, he's underwhelming if that if that's what yeah. it is. And I feel the same thing about Caleb Houston. Same thing about Musa Diabate. Both yeah. of those guys. I was very excited about, could see tremendous potential, but nothing that ever materialized at Michigan, which again, at the end of the day, is really all I give a shit about. Like yeah, if it translates well to the NBA and they go on to become you know, phenomenal players, but you don't really get much out of them at Michigan, to me, it's like, eh, I don't really care.
Yeah, we've talked about that quite a bit, both football and basketball. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, we'll see how it plays out. But, yeah, I think you're right. I think we're done. I think we're done seeing Jet Howard play. I don't know why he comes back at this point after sitting out the first-round game when, like, he clearly could have played. I mean, like, unless he did something random in practice and completely bonked his ankle out, like he played the last five games of the year. Yeah, this is just a business decision. That's all it is. So Yeah, yeah it we'll feels like it. We'll see how that goes. All right, so am I, am I back up again? Since You're back up, yeah. Okay, here we go. Uh, so the spring game, Chris, we are now two weeks away, just a little over two weeks away from the spring game. I think I know the answer to this question because I know how I feel, and you and I are usually in pretty lockstep with this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a hypothetical. Chris, would you rather see a, a more practice-like feel where it's like drills and like some situational type stuff where it's ones versus ones? Or do you like the full game feel of drafted teams where it's not anything like what we're going to see during the season? I like the full game feel like that. I, I like the idea of going in and yeah, I like the idea of going in and watching two sides compete. And I mean, I know it's going to be pretty vanilla, but you know, the, the only thing I don't like about it is because you're picking teams I feel like it's kind of you don't really get a full sense of kind of who's plugging in where at that point exactly. and, and who's running with the ones. And so that's the only downside to it. But in terms of entertainment value, yeah, I'd rather see, you know, to, you know, pick your teams, go out, play, a you know, essentially a scrimmage. And I think that's going to be more entertaining for the fans. But people that want to know what the depth chart looks like and who's where and what, you know, what things look like as far as that's concerned, you're probably not going to get a lot out of it. I mean, I, I would love to see good versus good. I mean, you know they you know they do that in practice at times, and then during the season, they do it some. And, and, but then there is also, like, the scout team, and they try to simulate what the other team is going to do. But for the spring game, dude, I, I would absolutely love to see ones versus ones and just call it, like, you could still call it maze versus blue or whatever you want. I think some other teams have done it that way, where you've got starters playing against starters, and you give the defense points for – stops and for turnovers and for defensive touchdowns and stuff like that so you get a you get a sense of what the starters versus the starters would look like and yeah. then you do the same thing with the twos and you do the same thing with the threes like everybody still gets to play and you still can do a more game-like feel but you get a, a better sense of what good on good looks like now to your point it kind of defeat like if you're doing that, if you're going starters against starters and you're just doing like the most vanilla shit you can possibly do, it kind of like defeats the purpose. Like you're not really getting much practice out of what you're looking at from a coach's standpoint, from a film standpoint, from a play. But I, I just find myself thinking like, all right, cool. That guy had an awesome play and now he's never going to see the field again. Like that's what the spring game ends up. <laughs> kind of like what we saw out of Darius Clement yes, last year. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's cool that, yes, they do do a more, like, traditional game feel and the winner gets steaks and the losers get hot dogs. Like, I, I, I like that. I'm with you. But I would I would really love to see, like, the ones against the ones so we can get a little bit of a vibe of what this team really has to offer. I think we know already this year, but, like, yeah. it still would be cool to see. Well, let's just stay on that because we're kind of thinking along the same terms here my question and, and i'll put it to you simply what is the biggest thing depending on how it all looks what do you think is the biggest thing we can learn from the spring game coming up in two weeks yeah i've thought about that a little bit because you you're not gonna see you're not gonna see a starting five on the o-line you're not right. gonna see that uh you're not gonna see even the true rotation on the d-line you're probably not gonna see your true starting cornerbacks, which like I think those are the three. They're not much of question marks, but like that's really about all there is. And I don't, yeah. you're not going to see that. I Blake Corum's health. I mean, like he's probably not going to play, right? I mean, he's not going to do anything. Nope. So that's not in. That's not on the table. I don't know. I don't think you're going to learn shit in the spring game. To be honest, like breaking it down just now, There's like I did. There's one thing that I think we can learn, and you, you know, it's become a talking point. But I, I think. We'll finally get a sense of how the hell do they plan on using Amor Ann Walker? How are they going to? Is he going to be a special teams guy? Is he in the return game? Is he playing corner? Are they still using him on offense a little bit? That's what I'm most excited about because one of the things that we've talked about that's kind of a luxury heading into the season 
but also a curse in terms of content and, and finding things to talk. Like everybody knows what this Michigan team is. All the positions we generally know kind of who's going to be where and what things are going to look like. But the biggest question mark on this team has been that corner position. And Amarion Walker's name has been floating out there. You know, we've seen videos coming out of spring ball. He looks fast. He looks the part. I'm just excited to see in what capacity do they utilize him. Do we see him returning kicks? Do we see him at the corner position? And then the other thing I'm going to be interested in is the kicking game. I mean, you know, you got to replace Jake Moody. You got to replace Brad Robbins. What's it going to look like back there? Special teams is obviously a pretty important component of what these guys do overall. So I think, you know, those two things I'm going to be looking for. How do they use Marianne Walker? And then what do the special teams look like? Well, I'll be honest. I like your answers better than mine. I was like, I'm not shit. Like, I don't know. Like, but no, you're right. We're not going to learn shit. <laughs> I don't think what I'm saying is all that untrue, but your answer yeah. sounded a little nicer. But you're right. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I would, I'm, I would love to see Omar and Walker play corner like the whole game and make a couple plays and you know do some things. I mean, we, we think it's Tommy Dolman on, on kicking, right? Yeah. Is he the punter and the field goal kicker? Is that is that what we're thinking know. here? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, Adam Samaha, big time recruit coming out of high school, yeah. freshman, but like. You know, Jake Moody was making plays as a freshman, as a kicker. So we'll see. We'll see what that looks like. So, yeah, that's, Dolan, that's good. He looks – Dolman looks – like, if you didn't know who he was, he looks like he could be a starting Division One quarterback when he walks. Like, he's just got – he's tall. He's got that build to him. You've got Colston Loveland there as a true freshman last year at number number 18, and then you've got <laughs> Dolman at number 19. If you put them yeah. both in the tight end group, like, he, yeah. looks, he looks fine. He looks like he belongs. Yeah, you're talking 6'3", you're talking <laughs> – He's probably not yeah. quite as bulky. He's probably two ten or two fifteen, but he looks like an athlete. Yeah, you know, all along, you know, like not a, not a surprise that he was as, as touted as he was as a specialist. So yeah, I'm interested to see that too. So, um, I'll get I'll give the point to you on that one, Chris. Much better answer <laughs> than mine. So there you go. And quick question from Sean Bennett, who gave us a donation. I like this question, and I don't even know if you need to put the Harbaugh as a caveat. We I, I don't. I'm not, I don't like love Jim Harbaugh. Obviously, what he's done the last two years has been incredible, incredible turnaround. And I give him all the credit in the world for some of the hires that he's made. Like I haven't been shy about that. I wanted him shit canned in 2020. He didn't get fired, and he made the best out of it in 2021 and last year. Like I, I've never shied away from that. But I thought he should have been done. Yeah. And I, I'll never back off of that statement. Like people are like, "Oh yeah, the same idiots who wanted Harbaugh gone after." Yeah, hindsight's fucking sweet, isn't it? You can always lean on that. But who is we, your favorite? We have we have the obvious answer here, right? It's the train. I, I know what you're gonna say. It's the train. It's, it's the, the lane, lane train. train. It it's has to be absolutely the lane train yeah. for me. It There's is. There's no doubt. Lane Kiffin, to answer your question, Sean Bennett. Lane Kiffin, I think uh, between Brandon and I, we're big fans, and you know there's there's the coaching aspect of it but then there's also the entertainment value that comes along with him i just <laughs> yeah. there's, there's a lot of things i like about lane kiffin seems like a guy that you'd want to sit down have a beer with maybe spend an evening out on the town with uh just kind of tearing shit up a little bit i like guys like that and and for that reason for me it's lane kiffin i saw that you mentioned pj fleck he's probably about as low, low on my list as uh he'd be down there with i know he's not active any longer but uh i'd put him in the same camp with scott frost when I saw when I saw PJ Fleck show up to uh, Big Ten Media Days with like a Ferragamo belt, he was like laughing at Harbaugh and he was walking around like his. I'm like, dude, go cut hair or something. Like, what are you doing? You don't look like he's stylish. I mean, that, you know, it's a good look. You know, he's a bald guy, so he's in my camp. So I've got a, you know, I've got a, I got to vouch for him a little bit. He's he's doing uh, he's doing bald guys. He's doing right by bald men. I'll give him credit. Chris, for that. Is PJ Fleck drippy? Yes. Yeah, he kind of is. <laughs> he is drippy. Yeah. Dude, when you got the little vest on, a little three-piece, the little plaid with the yeah, – yeah, yeah, he's drippy. He's, he's drippy. He's, I, I'll give it to him. I'll give it. I'll give that to he him. He might wear a fucking cover bun this year with, like, a full tuxedo. With, like, the – you know how, like, Kevin Hart showed up uh, to the uh, the red carpet and had somebody carrying, like, the his coattails that were, like, 10 feet long? Like, I could see P.J. Fleck showing up to Big Ten Media Days rocking something like that. Go go for ski, my brother. Boat. I'm like, all right, go, go to bed, dude. Go take a nap. Go relax somewhere. Dude, I'm, I'm the energy. Bed. You know, we we've taught we we've encountered other people like that who just have this. They're almost like you could plug them into like they could fuel the uh, 
the DeLorean. You know what I mean? They they could they could help facilitate time travel with their energy. That's just like how. You put, uh, you put PJ Fleck and Swanson in the same room, and it's just sure, dude. Ah! Sure, Swanson and PJ Fleck in the same room. Oh my goodness, yeah. chaos. But I'm going. I'm going to go with the lane train, Sean, to answer your question. I I thought Chris would say the same thing. Yeah. That's that's an entertaining cat, and you we we all know if you if you're a fan of this show and you listen to me and Chris talk, we love offense, and that's all Lane Kiffin cares yeah. about. Yeah, like he wouldn't even field a defense if he could get away with it. So there you go. All right, I don't know is it back to me? We we kind of did a combination again, did we not? It is back to you. Yeah, it's back to all you. All right. So last one, as we're at the thirty minute mark, we're gonna end up being. A, a decent length show again, as we always are. <laughs> Chris, I know you don't give a shit about the NFL. I know this. don't give a shit about no. the NFL. Michigan players leave. You don't. You don't even care about them. You don't care if they ever play a down in the NFL. It well, it largely depends on what occurs while they're at Michigan. If 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 things don't, if big things don't happen at Michigan, I don't typically follow. Like Donovan Peoples Jones, I don't really follow his career. You know, wish him luck, whatever. But if if you're still following those guys in the NFL, then you know more power to you. But you're probably an NFL fan too. You know, I'm yeah. not. All right. So as we embark upon JJ McCarthy's junior season. And neither one of us think he's going to break the Michigan season, uh, the Michigan touchdown passing right. Or, or we're caught. We're like, we're at least, we're at least acknowledging that like he might not. And it's only yes. touchdowns. It's not like yes. a lot. It's, not, it's a realistic throw, possibility. It's not like he's got to throw fifty. Chris Breiler, what is JJ McCarthy as a professional prospect at Michigan? You know, it's weird, man, because I almost asked you that. I, I almost had that as one of my burning questions. Like, it was most draftable player on the current roster and okay. trying to figure out where J.J. McCarthy fits into that. And I guess my answer at this point is um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like, I feel like I feel like all the parts and pieces are there to be a really good quarterback at the next level, but – you know, there's there's obviously some some growth that needs to. T I mean, look, he he's a he's a true dual threat, but he's not very big, so he's got to put on some muscle. He's got to add some size, and then we'll see how his game develops in his junior season. But you know, we talked about this on the phone the other day. Maybe it was on the phone, but you know, how long has it been since Michigan has had like a like a top like quarterback taken in the NFL? And it's been a long time. And I will say this. Out of anybody that's been quarterback at the University of Michigan under Jim Harbaugh, I think J.J. McCarthy's got the best shot at being the highest draft pick. So I'll I'll put it there. But even with as good as he was last year, I mean, 22 touchdowns to what, five interceptions, high completion uh, percentage, you know, smart kid, ultimate team guy, locker room guy. I mean, there's a lot to love about him. I still think you got to see his game really go to the next level. And to me, that's like it, it, it seems so um, – trivial but dude throw 30 touchdowns you know what i mean sling the ball around show that 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 you're the guy that can compete at the next level and i think uh my hope is that we'll see some of that this year but when you got a backfield with donovan edwards and blake corum and you got a head coach with you know jim harbaugh that loves to run the ball there's not a lot of opportunity to go and sling it around the field so i started thinking about this a little bit more from our our monday show when i you know we talked about what was it? Twenty-four quarterbacks did enough to break Michigan's record, and then I was kind of yeah. looking at some different guys in the past years, and I realized that two of the top prospects in this year's draft are Anthony Richardson and Will Levis, and they both threw less than twenty touchdowns this past year. And I'm like, yeah. well, I mean, if you if you've got the arm talent, and as you just said, dude, I mean. Everything mental and off the field is you don't even need to talk to JJ about yep. it. Like it's it's a no-brainer. That kid's not gonna be getting in any trouble. He's not gonna be breaking any laws. He's not gonna be doing anything stupid. It's all about the physical ability and what he's able to do and produce. And like at Michigan, he's he's just flat out not gonna show that. He's not gonna get an opportunity. So it's gonna be about like, you know, what specific throws does he put on film? How does he test? And I think he would do really well in all that. I mean, we have seen him make NFL caliber throws no during his freshman year. We saw it certainly during his sophomore year. So he's got it in him. I think the answer is just do more of it and do it better. I mean, you're talking about playing football at the highest level at the most important position on the field. I think you just got to see more. But 
he's also not 6'4", 220 plus like both of those other dudes are. That's true. Right. I mean, when you said, you know, he's, I don't even know if he's 200 pounds yet. He's, you know, he's, he's coming up on his third year at Michigan. I mean, he's, he's, is he a program 6'3"? I don't know if he's 6'3 for real, for real, but that's what he's listed at, right? He's yeah, close. I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But it's an interesting discussion because he's gonna be really he's gonna be really good for a really good team. And that yeah. always kind of gets people thinking about what he could look like at the next level. And I think he's got all the talent in the world. I mean, I don't think that's I don't think that's the question, but that's gonna be what he can put on film in the production. So I just I don't know, man. It's and also he's like the kind of kid who would be like, No, I'm coming back. I'm also gonna come back for my fourth year. And so I think that that makes the discussion interesting as well. I feel like that's almost a given, man. I feel like he's, he's going to be a four-year guy. Just, but then again, you, you know, you never know what the draft grade the draft grade is, how the uh, how the junior season goes. So a lot of variables there. But I just have this gut feeling that he's going to be a four-year guy. Uh, let's let's stick with the NFL just a little bit. The NFL draft, I think it's happening when? Is it April? Is that when the draft happens? Yeah, yep. So coming up here soon, um, Michigan, I believe, has nine guys in the uh, 2023 NFL draft. So I'm going to ask you, Brandon, out of the nine guys, who do you think gets selected highest? And I'll go ahead and, and list them off. To me, it's, it's pretty clear, but I'll list them off. You got Mozzie Smith, DJ Turner, Jake Moody, Ryan Hayes, Oluolu with Timmy, Ronnie Bell, Luke Schoonmaker, Brad Robbins, and uh, Mike Morris. So I haven't I haven't looked in a while, but it wasn't that long ago. Mike Morris was the highest graded. Um, DJ, yep, Turner, feedback. I am getting feedback, by the way. You want me to turn turn it off yeah. now? I mean, we're at we're at that. We're fans we're about are hearing right it too. Yep. Ah, damn it. We're about God right damn it. Question. So we'll put off there. Um. So, yeah, again, I, I haven't looked in a while, but Mike Morris was the highest graded per maybe it was Todd McShay or Mel Kite, one of the one of the you know, one of the gurus or whatever. Uh, DJ Turner certainly helped himself. I mean, you pop, yeah. up, you know, you 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 put a four two six on tape and officially like you're turning heads. Mozzie Smith turned some heads with his his just brute strength. And he was already pretty highly graded as like a yeah. maybe like a fringe late first round guy, but almost a first uh, first or, or second round guy, almost for sure. Um, man, I think I'd say Mozzie. I think Mozzie yeah. Smith is the first pick for Michigan this year. I mean, like I like a lot about what Mike Morris does, but he's not like your typical super fast, twitchy, like crazy pass rusher guy that you can get a bunch of sacks from and, and like, I think he's gonna be really good. I mean, I think he's gonna get drafted. I think he's gonna play in the NFL. You're talking about six six two eighty, and he can do a lot of things. I mean, he's got. I think he's got what it takes to last in the league. But I think Mozzie Smith did enough and uh, during his combine day, uh, Michigan's pro day, I think is still to come, and he'll do well there. Uh, I'll go with Mozzie, but I, you know, this is another year where Michigan's got a lot of really good players, but you're not talking like necessarily elite of the elite like Aiden Hutchinson getting picked second overall last year was the first time we had seen that in a little while from a Michigan player yeah and that's kind of like the difference between a Michigan team and like a Georgia team or a Bama team uh I know they beat in Ohio State the last couple of years but even Ohio State for a long time was putting more guys out earlier in the draft and I think that is important I mean like getting a guy drafted 30th is not the same as getting a guy drafted second I mean it's, for sure. it's not the same Yep. Uh, but I do think Michigan's going to put quite a few dudes in the NFL, and there's already a lot of dudes in the NFL. So, like, they've been doing fine. But uh, no clear-cut choice this year, but I'll go Mozzie. Yeah, I was tempted to go with Mozzie as well just because I was looking at the list, and I'm like, who's a guy that can go in and, and you know, day one, you know, week one, be an immediate impact player? And obviously you put a guy like Mozzie Smith on that list. I think Luke Schoonmaker could certainly fit that bill. Jake Moody could obviously do that. But these, you know, they're probably not going to be taken very high. These are guys you can get in later rounds. I, I'm going to go out on a short limb here, and I'm going to go with Olu. I think it's Olu. Yeah. I think that guy is a... You know, for the right team he, situation, he can come in. He can play week one 
And a, a good NFL team might not even lose a step with him as the starting center. So for me, it's Olu. Obviously, he was phenomenal at Michigan, the nation's best center. And we saw it a, a few years back with Cesar Ruiz, who was taken in the first round. I think what what pick yeah. was he? What, I think it was I like 20th or something, 18th, 22nd, like somewhere in there. Yeah. With the Saints. I mean, I think Olu's got that kind of talent. So I will say that Olu is the first Wolverine taken off the board and then uh, probably Mozzie shortly thereafter. That that is a little bit of a short limb just because of position. Like typically guards yeah. and centers just don't go that high. But it's funny as you were as you were naming well, you said nine guys, right? As you were naming the nine guys and you got to Olu's name, I'm like, well, that's that's the guy who there will play is, the yeah. longest. Like yeah. I like I would think he like that's a 15 year player. He's he like his build, his intelligence, his injury history, the position that he plays. You draft that guy, there's your center for 12 seasons. I mean, he stepped into the Michigan program and look at what he did his his first and only yeah. year there. I mean, he was incredible, best center in the nation. I mean, I think that's what an NFL team can expect from him. So again, locker room guy, physically, you know, physically dominant, just everything you would want out of a player. I think you're going to get that in Olu, and that's why I think he's first off the board. And it's so valuable. If you think about just being available, and I th he just seems like the guy who's like, I'm not, I'm not going to get hurt. I'm going to work yeah. hard. I'm going to know what to do. I'm going to be a pro. I mean, like, dude, you draft that guy. You've got him locked in for like a decade plus. Yeah. And there's value in that it's center, which isn't, which isn't left tackle. It's not quarterback, but like, there's a ton of value in having your centerpiece of your offensive line just figured out for 10 years. It's like, yeah. that's, it's interesting. It's going to be fun to see. And like, I know he was only at Michigan for a year, but I was so intrigued by him when he came and then the way he carried himself. And we got a chance to talk to him a couple of times and just how good he was and kind of solidifying that line. Like I'm a big Olu fan, dude. I really yeah. am. Yeah. And I don't, I rarely pay attention to the O line guys, but he just, he's got a way about him. And I, I hope he, I hope he does play in the NFL for 15 years and I could see it. I really could, man. I think he's, he's as rock solid in that group as you can find, but I'll still go Mozzie. You know, like we said, like, I mean, dude, you call Mozzie in, you call Mozzie in, if you're a pro team and you call yeah. Mozzie in for an in-person, you're like, yeah, we're, we're drafting that guy. Yeah. Like, look at that. that. Look at that, dude. Are you kidding yeah. me? When you have to like position him a certain way just <laughs> yeah. so through the door. Yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I mean, Olu's got a little bit. Of, that's not a small cat. Like that's a no. big dude. That, that just goes to show how big Mozzie yeah, is. Mozzie's different. Mozzie, like Olu's like, eh, he's kind of big, but Mozzie, yeah. like Mozzie's size is just, you know, it's, he's incredible. Different. He's Dif different, man. Different. That's my last one. I don't, did you have another one? Was that, that it? That was my last one was who was going to be taken highest in, in the I NFL mean, draft. So we're, we're cooking with gas at just about 45 minutes, dude. I mean, I, I don't know. It. So to put a bow on this show, uh, yeah, kind of kind of strange that the next Michigan basketball game is a couple days away still on Saturday, but they play at Vanderbilt, so that's an away game uh, against Jerry Stackhouse's. I thought that scrappy. was in Nashville. That's that's where Vanderbilt is. Is that not? Is it? Is it a? Is it a? I thought it was a neutral. I thought it was a neutral. Is it neutral like, and just happens to be super that's what I, exactly that's what I where thought. Vanderbilt maybe, is? Maybe I'm wrong. That's what I thought. Yeah, I could be wrong too. I just saw Nashville and I was like, oh, that's at that's at Vanderbilt's place. No, maybe I, I need I, to check into that. I don't know. Maybe I need. Well, one of us needs to check into it for sure. <laughs> um, is that what you're looking I'm, up right I'm, now? I'm looking it up right now. I mean, I, I, I just assumed. You know, you're not supposed to assume, though, Chris. That's true. All right. I mean, yeah. Vanderbilt University is in Nashville, oh, so if this is a neutral Douglas site is game. Saying it's at Vandy. Okay. All yeah. Right. If it's a neutral site game, this is about as lucky as Vanderbilt can get <laughs> because that's where they're at. <laughs> I saw at Nashville. I'm like, oh, that's Vandy. All right, there you there go. There you go. All right. But Chris, I, I mean, you know, we're not going to do a deep dive onto this. Yeah, yeah. Van, I know Vandy is in Nashville. That's why I said it was no, at just, Vandy. Right. Yeah. The question was, yeah, whatever. What, thought it was, thought it was at a neutral site. I didn't know it was actually going to be. At I'm Vandy. quite certain it's on Vanderbilt's home floor. Well, it sounds like you're right. So there you go. All right. Thoughts on this game, Chris? I mean, like, I know we talked at length about the NIT on Monday. Michigan does go out and get a 10 point win against Toledo at home. And now they're going on the road. I, I would assume no jet Howard. I mean, if he plays now, I'd be like, what the hell is going on over there? <laughs> so you assume he's not going to play. Didn't know that going into the first game that he wasn't going to play. Yeah. Um, 
I mean, are we still in the same boat? I mean, you lose to a Vanderbilt team. Are you like, well, that's a shitty season. Michigan blows. Like, what's Juwan doing? Or is it like, well, I mean, where are you at with this? I'm, I'm where I was before, where I don't think anything that anybody feels about this program is going to change short of winning the entire NIT. And even yeah. if they do that, like, are people really going to care about it? And again, it's like, you know, how much of it, you know, how much of what the fans think actually matters. And a lot of people will say, well, it doesn't really matter at all. I think it matters to a certain extent what fan perception is because, you know, once, once fans get pissed off and they stop showing up or they stop believing in the program, it does start to put a lot of heat on a head coach and it, and it makes things difficult. And so I think as far as the team is concerned, as far as the program is concerned, as far as growth is concerned, if they can go out and beat Vandy and continue to advance through the tournament, um, it's great for the program, but from a fan standpoint, I, you know, and for me personally, I'm not going to be, are, are you going to be excited about a win over Vandy? Not excited. Is that going to warm your cockles? No, cockles will still be pretty room temperature at best Luke at that warm. point, but yeah, but <laughs> I mean, Vanderbilt has, has beat some really good teams this year and like, yeah. I can't even fake it, dude. No, I won't be excited at all. No, I, I mean, exactly. I want them to win. I mean, I, you know, winning is obviously better than losing. And we talked about, you know, how I had a chance to kind of reflect. And I'm like, yes, dude, it's a no brainer. Go and play as many games as you win. Try to win them all and go out on a high note and have your last game be a W. Like, I get all that. But no, I'm not going to be excited by beating Vanderbilt. I, I just yeah. won't. Yeah. So, yeah, well, I think it's noon. Is it a noon tip on Saturday? Such an NIT. Just, just a sleepy. Even, even the tone of like the conversation right now. This is this is what the NIT does. It just kills yeah. all enthusiasm. And even when you try to be excited about it, you're really just kind of putting on because you're not. Putting you're, not on. Gonna, you're not going to give a shit if they beat Vandy. You and I both know that. It's I'm not going to really change anything. Yeah. You know, you get to. Uh... You get to you get to Nashville on a Friday, eat some burnt ends, dude. Hope one doesn't get lodged in your rib cage, and you try you try to play on a Saturday at noon. That's that's what you do, I and mean, you hope for the best, and that's the nit. Chris, last time you've had uh, burnt ends. Uh, last time I've had burnt ends. Yeah, is that, are you, this is not a go to for you. That's not a go to for me. No, I, I don't really go to the burnt ends. I'm like a I'm like a pulled pork sort of. All guy. right. I'm a you know, fan put it of, on mac and cheese, put it on a brioche bun. However, just give me the pulled pork. I'm a fan of the burnt ends. Uh, <laughs> where, where was that when I had that? That was Mackinac. That was Mackinac after you polished off a uh, Nutter Butter beer with ah. some burnt ends and started complaining about pains in his body. And I'm like, dude, you just you basically ate an entire cow and then drank like a waffle in a an alcoholic waffle. And you're like, ah, but it doesn't have anything to do with that. It doesn't have anything. I'm like, got something to do well it was a pig first of all it was a pig now uh, hold on a second here before we fade out oh we, i just i just want everybody to know there has been question about whether or not our beautiful fair black we're backing up massive wow rv is going to be making an appearance for the spring game on april 1st and assuming assuming it it runs because it's in storage, but we're going to get out there and we're going to get the juices Black. flowing. We're going to, we're going to start up the engine. We're going to get the juices flowing in Rosie. And the plan is we're going to have her down just across the street from the big house, Keach and main oh, right near the entrance, about 50 feet away from the big house. And so if you plan on, going down for the spring game, which look, I got to say this, there, there should be a hundred thousand. I know there won't be, but there should be a hundred thousand people in that stadium. This is a national championship caliber team. It's a free event. It's on a Saturday. The RV is going to be right near uh, the big house. The plan is right now we're going to have some beers. We're going to have some food. We're going to be out there all day. We're going to be doing live podcasts. The boys are going to be out there. So we'll give more details as we get closer to um, the actual spring game on April 1st. But I will say this, um, assuming she works and she's ready to go and come out of hibernation, Rosie will be at the spring game and we will welcome everybody in the vicinity to come and come and hang. The sex, the sex addiction or something. That's a shout, out. That's a cool. shout out to Brady for just mentioning the sex addiction drop. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, from afar, Rosie looks glorious. She's been stored all, all winter long in the barn. You know, she hasn't been out in the elements. Now, 
starting her up is a different animal. We will see if if the work that we had done and and just I mean she's she'll fire right up. She's ready. She's north of thirty. You know she's not a she's not a spring chicken anymore. Well, you know we're we're north of thirty as well. well we're we're knocking on forties. <laughs> We're getting we are there. older than that RV. We'll put yeah. it that way. But no, I'm I'm super excited, dude. Just even, you know, the half-ass talking about let's get out there and check her out, man. Let's get her fired yeah. up. I'm I'm excited, dude. And Need to we do will it. have her. I I I, Chris, I feel confident in saying we will have her somewhere on the spring game for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I mean, it's almost a virtual guarantee at this point that it'll be Keach in Maine. But if not, it'll be somewhere. No, it's a guarantee. That's where okay, we're at. There you go. There you go. Yeah, that's it's it's Keach in Maine. It's fifty feet. It's across the street from the big house. It's as close as you can get. And like I said, it's free alcohol and food while supplies last. So there's really no reason not to come out and hang with the boys. CJ, that's true. Black don't crack. She looks we twenty. Put, we put a nice wrap on it. You know, we. Uh... I'd give her ten. She looks ten. <laughs> she, she looks. looks good. She looks good. CJ, you, give, you, give, you give her a nice power wash. She's good. CJ, I might guess you were like forty-four. So I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what, what your age is at this point. But Are you a baldist? It's the bald. That's what it is. <laughs> You're a baldist. CJ's twenty-five years old for Christ's sakes. Chris, that that trucker hat ain't fooling nobody. <laughs> Who would it fool? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> Who's it fooling? Nobody. 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 All right. Nobody. A little, uh, little fifty-minute show. I mean, we tried to do Not a bad. show. It turned out to be pretty much normal anyway. Hey, I was close. CJ going to be 42 in a week. All right, there you go. There so you I, go. I, there you go. Uh, I was actually, I CJ, to be completely honest, I thought you were like our age. I would have guessed like 38. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I was being. I mean, dick. dude, once you get like into your 40s, you yeah, could be in your 50s at that point. You're, you're basically at the same age if you're your 40s or beyond. That's where I'm at. Yeah. I like the show. Chris, I like the show. Not a bad show for like pretty much almost not having a show because we didn't have shit to talk about. And here we are an hour later. So, uh, you know, we'll be back in a week. We'll be back next. Well, I don't know. We've, we've been kind of doing some like, all right, basketball needs to be talked about at least a little bit. We'll yeah. some other stuff in there. It's just reps, man. That's what it is. It's yeah. just getting reps and not getting crusty and rusty and trying to, you know, stay close to the mic and make sure we keep hammering away at this thing. Stay close to the mic. I like that, dude. I like stay how that sounds. So Michigan plays on Saturday. You know, go blue. We'll be pulling for them. We'll see what that looks like. And maybe we'll do a show Saturday. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Yes, 2.30 show on a Saturday grind. Three o'clock. I don't know. We'll see what it looks like. But Wednesday for sure. Yeah. If need be earlier than that, you guys know the drill. Thank you for being here. Chris shouted out many people as we started. There's too many to name. But if you're one of the 60 or 70 plus who was here today, appreciate you. Thank you. And we'll see you on Wednesday.